You know, Kat, I was thinking about how uh, we're going to start the podcast today, and then I started thinking, you know, is there even a point of, of even doing one anymore? Because we're seven weeks through the NFL season, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers are losing to Geno Smith, PJ Walker, and Taylor Heineke. Bailey Zappi's playing Monday Night Football games, and Sam Ellinger is about to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. What is going on in this league right now? It's just, who could have predicted we would be sitting here through seven weeks of the NFL season? It's absolute craziness right now. I think back to our first episode of season two of the show, and I just laugh about our our, uh, preseason predictions. But hopefully, we don't make ourselves look as stupid today on today's episode of the CTB show. What's going on, everyone? I'm Thomas Parkernick, joined by Christian Katanaji. Kat, how's it going? That might be the best uh, intro yeah, after t- two seasons, so I'll, g- I'll give you a, a nice round of applause there. But, I mean, you said who, who could have predicted this. If someone did predict this, I'd, I'd, I'd hope um, they put their money where their mouth is and maybe they'd be a rich man. They're on an island now, right, Buck? That, yeah. that'll, be, that'll be us if you... Hey, and if they're tailing our hammer picks, we'll get out to that later on the segment. On me this week. They might, be, they might be affording a nice private island soon. I have reached ice cold stage on the hammer. 0-2 last week, and you're a scorching 2-0. There's a lot of pressure on me. We're literally, you're Bailey Zappi. I'm Mac Jones. I'm Bailey right Zappi. I'm, I'm waiting. I got the headset on. I'm warming up, just keeping the arm loose. And, and Bill, I'm waiting for Bill just to look over. Let's, uh, let's talk about that real quick, as we always do on the show. We like to start with Monday Night Football. Last night was a game where, from the outside looking in, I was like, man, if I didn't have to watch this game probably would you know allocate my monday night to to maybe do something else yeah absolutely because bears who have you know scored 20 points just twice this year really really have looked horrible on offense um they were on primetime the week before and they lost 12 to 9 going up against a patriots team that was kind of rolling i mean bailey zappy say what you want about the competition he's faced but both of his wins were blowouts so it was kind of a recipe for that again, especially a young quarterback like Justin Fields. We know what Bill Belichick does to young quarterbacks. Um, but the Bears literally blew out the Patriots in their own stadium. Um, we had Mac Jones start the game, look horrible. Yep. Get pulled. Bailey Zappi comes in, looked like the greatest quarterback ever yeah. <laughs> for two drives. The Patriots crowd, I've never seen Gillette Stadium like that in all their years of Tom Brady. They were electric chanting for a backup quarterback. Everyone was probably thinking, okay, we finally got the next Tom Brady. Um, and that's it. It was it was two drives of magic. Once the momentum shift kind of died down, I think halftime came at the worst time for the Patriots. The game was long over, and Justin Fields and the Bears just steamrolled the Patriots. Yeah, and before we get into Zappi and Mac Jones, you got to say... Justin Fields played fantastic yeah, today, right? That's like if you're a Bears fan and and, and the Justin Fields fan in general, um, you walk out of this game sort of um, with your with your head high because Justin Fields showed everything that you had hoped for when you had drafted him, and we were sort of waiting for a game like this from Fields. Sure, he's had his moments, but I think he was pretty dominant um, for majority of this game. And that's exactly what you want to see when you draft a guy at uh, at number. Three was he a th- was he the third pick or did Fields? No, no, he was tenth, eleventh, maybe eleventh. That's right. Bears that's right. traded up for him. Oh, that's time. right. Yeah. yeah, that's that is right. He was he was not my number two overall quarterback in in uh, in that draft. But going uh, going back to this Zappy versus Jones, I think um, watching that game and, and hearing the crowd chant for for Zappy, it did feel like they sort of felt like oh. Zappy is this guy who's going to take over Mac Jones. Because let's face it, Mac Jones, he peaked sort of last year. And you you want to see the jump um, from year one to year two. And he just hasn't shown that. Sure, whatever you could say. The Patriots haven't done necessarily the greatest job surrounding these guys with talent. Like the number one receivers, Devontae Parker and, and Jacoby Myers. So it's not the greatest situation to be in. And I know we just talked about last week on the show about how important weapons are. So I'm going to stick to that take. I don't think it's all in the quarterback, but I think it's time to face it. Zappy Jones, the fact of the matter is the Patriots don't really have a quote-unquote quarterback one right now, right? And I don't think that's a hot take to say, um, but that quarterback situation 
unless you see some sort of improvement, is going to be sort of the Achilles heel of this team. And going back to last night, that was very an un-Belichick-like game, right? They were they were pretty bad at all three levels. Special teams was horrific. Um, so it just didn't feel like a, like a Belichick coach team um, last night. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting... If if Zappi gives the the fans and the team that spark, I don't know I don't know what they think in the locker room. Like I don't know who's got sort of the belief behind them. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Bailey Zappi? But I feel like that's sort of a situation that um, we won't know more of until I guess we see who starts next week. Even right, like is does the locker room believe in Zappi or are they sold off of Jones? That's stuff that you don't really know, and it's just pure speculation. But if we're talking about a if let's let's put it this way if the locker room rallies around Zappi like the New England Patriots Foxborough Stadium Gillette Stadium yesterday rallied around Bailey Zappi then I mean like you kind of have to go go with him right I don't know it's like listen I've never been a big Mac Jones guy I think he's very very limited in terms of yeah absolutely what he excels at and like at his best I still don't really see an elite trait that makes him like, wow, he really has this and he can drive forward an offense to score you know, 40 points a night. But I don't think you necessarily need that in the NFL no. from your quarterback week in and week out. And the Patriots have proven that with the right system, they can win with Mac Jones. He's only in his second year. He was a pretty high draft pick. I think they drafted him 16th overall. It's just like, I, I compare him to his two Alabama counterparts in, in Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungvaloa in the NFL where... If we look at their progression, obviously those two guys are in year three. The jump that they've taken now is a direct result of their organization showing faith in them and being patient. If, you know, the Dolphins and and Jalen Hurts, or if the Dolphins and Eagles just kicked Jalen Hurts and Tua to the curb this year, the moment things went wrong, that's not good for their development. No, absolutely not. Now their patients were starting to see the rewards of that as possible long-term franchise quarterbacks. Mac Jones is in his second year. I honestly believe you're not really fully developed as a starting quarterback until year three, year four in the NFL. So to just sort of bail on a guy in a primetime game because a couple drives haven't gone his way, I don't know if I necessarily like that move. I get it. Zappy's young. He's fun. You just won two games with him. He's singing, he's, he's singing uh, Stacy's mom on yeah, the sidelines. I don't know. Like you drafted Mac Jones for a reason, very, very high, and you showed everyone last year that you're a playoff team with him at quarterback. I know the season they sort of, as you as you alluded to, they peaked early, and you know that playoff loss was a blowout. And late in the season, they lost some games. Maybe they should have won, but like you said, Mac Jones is he really in a position to succeed right now no. from a passing standpoint with Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers and whoever else? Tyquan Thornton is his is his best options. Not really. I love the O line. Um, the run game's great with Ramondre and Damian Harris, but as soon as you fall behind in a game, you have to completely throw out your game script. It's very very hard to play from behind when you have a limited receiving core like the Patriots do. I don't know. To me, this is kind of like a situation where now they've 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 dug themselves a hole. Oh, absolutely, and a, and a hole that I don't know if they could get out of because the quarterback sort of situation is now a disaster. The team's not very good. Um, it, it just feels like this is going to get way worse before it gets any better. Um, and I I know I it's it sucks from a Mac Jones standpoint because. It's almost like he he isn't being given a fair shot, right? On national television, um, and you sort of just push the guy to the curb like the way they did. I don't know if that's necessarily warranted. And like you mentioned, it's so important to be patient with young quarterbacks, right? And it he what year what week did he take over Cam Newton last year? It was like. Or was there one? Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, I think they released Cam Newton in, in, in training. Oh, in, in preseason. Yeah. That's right. Right before preseason. So yeah, you're right. But still, like, it's it's not fair to sort of criticize and 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 move off of a young quarterback like the way they did with Mac Jones. And 
I don't know. It, it's it's a situation like I said. If it was up to me, I would keep Mac Jones. But you don't know what goes on in that locker room. You don't yeah, know. You don't know if the locker room rallies around Billy Zappi. Like for some reason, I don't know why the the, the um, New England crowd rallied around the Zappi the way they did. I, I just don't think it's fair for Mac Jones. And hey, look, this could get pretty ugly um, if this sort of lingering quote unquote QB controversy is is something that overshadows the team for the next couple of weeks. Um, and it could make or break the career of, of, of Mac Jones. And it sucks to say, but things like this just could really tank someone's confidence. And you, it's definitely not something that you want to see. And it's not something that Bill Belichick does often. Like you don't really see. Um, so that's why another thing, like maybe Mac Jones isn't the guy. Like, I feel like if he was like Bill Belichick wouldn't do this. Right. But I don't know. Like I said, it's all speculation. You don't really know. Um, and these next few weeks are definitely, this won't be the last time we're talking about this. I guarantee that. But this next few weeks are very important when it comes to the, the greater scheme of, uh, of outlook. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of felt like he was getting yanked. Like the writing was on the wall before yeah, the game even exactly. started yesterday. We had the Schefter report come out that both guys were going to play. Um, and who knows? You said it's not the last time we're going to talk about this. Maybe Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for the Colts next year, as Twitter loved to, to make jokes about yesterday. Um, but speaking of player movement and, and you know players switching teams, we had a bombshell dropped on us in what was a pretty boring Thursday night football game. We were treated with huge NFL news that Christian McCaffrey, Panthers star running back, was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a boatload of picks. Yeah. And when, when I say boatload, I mean... I was very, very surprised. I actually think I said it on this show last week or two weeks ago. Like, what would you really give up for McCaffrey? The 49ers were willing to give up a lot. I've since read that it was because the Rams were in on it too, and they sort of drove the price up. There you go, good old division rival toying with their uh, 49ers counterparts. The, The Rams and the 49ers actually play each other this week in what should be McCaffrey's first full game where he gets, you know, a full snap load. Against the Chiefs, he uh, he didn't feature yeah, my too fantasy, much. My fantasy team was was yeah. was killing just because of the quick turnaround time. But what do you make of the trade in general? How much does this move the needle for the 49ers in what's a pretty wide open NFC? Okay, this this might ruffle some feathers here. Um, I don't necessarily think the 49ers are any better than they were on Wednesday night. Now, post Christian McCaffrey trade, why I. It's just the nature of the, of the running back position, right? And at what point does it become counterproductive to invest all this draft capital um, in a running back? Let's look at Kyle Shanahan's um, situation here when, when, when it comes to investing draft capital in the running back position. That's already been pretty sort of... It's, it's been deemed a very replaceable... Um, position. So in 2021, the third round pick, he drafted Trey Sermon, who's now on the Eagles. 2021, sixth round pick, he drafted Elijah Mitchell, who's on the IR right now, and who looked very, very good um, when he was on the field. And he's set to come off the IR um, any week now. Obviously, he's not ready, but he's a more than capable running back. They invested a third round pick in Davis Price last year, and now they traded a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth for McCaffrey. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Sure, whatever, the scheme, they haven't really had a, a guy as talented as McCaffrey, but with his with his injury situation and, and all that, it, it just doesn't make sense for me and, and for, in a position like San Francisco 49ers to go all in and trade for a running back. If you're going to make a trade and, and invest capital into a position, don't invest into a position that's as replaceable as a running back position, right? Yeah, I always said that I look up to the San Francisco 49ers. I look up to them and how they built their team specifically because I'm one of those people that believes that you don't really need a great running back to get it done. Their running scheme and their offensive line, the way they're built, they managed to do it with these no-name guys. Like you said, Elijah Mitchell came in pretty much an unheard-of name and and looked awesome as a rookie and, and showed great promise before going down with an injury this year. Now you trade for Christian McCaffrey. And you give up a lot for running back. I mean, San Francisco, in terms of draft capital, they don't have a lot of picks at all no, coming up. not at all. Um, so they're sort of going all in here. But their roster is is ready to compete. And like I said, that NFC is pretty wide open. 
So this is where I've kind of been going back and forth with myself because, like I said, I believe the true beauty of Kyle Shannon's offense is the fact that seemingly any running back can can come in there, big name or small name, but particularly they've had a ton of success with, you know, unheard of guys. Raheem Mostert all of a sudden burst onto the scene after being cut 10 times. He was a star in San Francisco one year. Elijah Mitchell comes in, does the same thing. So I was kind of like, do you really need Christian McCaffrey? Does he really move the needle for a scheme that isn't really star-dependent at the running back position? Then I started to think, Kyle Shannon's a very, very smart guy. You have Debo Samuel at wide receiver. Who, who who they use? I know, I know, I know. They but, use, they use him as a running back, but they haven't this year. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like they didn't need to do this. Then you have Christian McCaffrey at, at, at the running back position, who is so so effective catching the ball. There's so much versatility on that offense. I didn't even mention the fact that George Kittle is the best. You know, he blocks like an offensive lineman and catches the ball like a wide receiver. And Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. So there's so like I. I is there an offense that truly has more weapons right now in the NFL? Maybe, maybe not. No. Counterpart to that, though, it's... Now you you bring McCaffrey in, who you just traded a boatload of picks for, so you're going to give the ball to him, I assume, 20 times a game. Now, all those... You only have so many drives in a game. Now, yeah. all those those players that you just... Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle... Are they, they're not going to get as many touches as they used to last. Yeah, but I, I don't think that matters because now the defense has so much more to account for. There's so much more to game plan for. It's just like, how how do you do this? And it's it's Jimmy. We're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo back there. Like, it's not some star quarterback. And to me, they're going to be a threat to score on every single offensive drive. And I think they're going to like if it was any other team give up this much for McCaffrey, I would say okay, like. What are you really doing? You don't really need a running back. I just think Kyle Shannon is going to make sure he finds creative ways to use all these star players, and it's going to be really effective. You're absolutely right about the, about the fit. I will give, okay, like if a team's going to trade for a running back, sure, yeah, 49ers are, are a likely spot. It just, I don't know. They, they sort of already are a threat. Maybe not to the same extent, but Jeff Wilson was playing playing good. Elijah Mitchell was playing good. Like you don't need that threat. That's that that like like Christian McCaffrey um, in the backfield to necessarily be that Super Bowl contender. I think everyone was already high on the San Francisco 49ers. and like I don't know. I'm not a guy that's going to go and invest any sort of um, high draft capital on a running back, and especially a running back that has massive, massive injury concerns. Um, a skill set, sure, that is fantastic. Like one of the better skill sets at the running back position. But it's just how much better do you get at the position statistically and efficiently from an efficient standpoint? How much more efficient do you get at the running back position with McCaffrey compared to Jeff Wilson? We won't know that until we get sort of more metrics with when how they use McCaffrey compared to other running backs. But I don't think this necessarily moves the needle for me to go, oh, the 49ers are now Super Bowl contenders or a way better team than they were before. At least for me, it doesn't. I think that's fair. Um, and we're going to see exactly like we're, we're all going to see how this how this plays out. But I think if you look at their roster you can argue that this is really the only way that they can upgrade. And they're three and four right now through seven weeks. Yeah, we're all high on their potential, but we haven't seen it so far. So maybe it is a bit of a panic move, but their division's led by the four and three Seahawks right now. That's wide open. I think it's kind of a move where they've recognized like, hey, there's not really a star team in the NFC. I know that like, aside from the Eagles and the Cowboys right now, the Bucks and, and the Packers just look so bad that maybe we think we have a real shot. It's, it's week seven. You're not going to trade for a quarterback. We all know that that's their biggest need right now on yeah. offense. I mean, yes, Jimmy fits the system well, and he can get it done, but maybe this is the only way they can really feel that they've upgraded big time, and, and maybe it's it ends up being a panic move. And like you said, he's one tackle away from being injured, as all running backs are, Yeah, and they've almost shot themselves in the foot now in terms of future outlook isn't looking real strong in terms of players that are coming in. So... It's a gutsy move. 
it's a bold one. Um, I'm really excited to see how Shanahan implements him into this offense because I think if done correctly, the sky's the limit. But I also see the argument, like, again, my first reaction was sort of like, San Francisco, a star running back. Their whole brand is we don't need star running backs to yeah. get it done. So it's it's interesting. It It is interesting. And, and um, I mean, if we're talking fantasy here, I have a lot of invested, a lot invested in McCaffrey because he was on Carolina and he was a part of a bad team and he was just going to get force fed the ball. I don't necessarily know if that's true um, anymore with San Francisco. Is the volume going to be there? That's that's where I don't get it. I, I don't know. Like it's like you invested all this into a into the running back and and now and they have some key they have some key free agents that they're going to have to replace cheap with those rookies and they necessarily don't have those picks anymore. So if this gamble doesn't work, it could sort of be counterproductive for, I don't want to push too far ahead, but Trey Lance eras, like, right. That could sort of put the 49ers in a, in a pretty bad situation when they have pretty big holes where they need to hit on rookies and on cheap contracts. So I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I'm sure San Francisco 49ers fans right now listening to this are pretty upset, but look, Enjoy it. You got McCaffrey. He's electric. I hope it works out for you. I don't necessarily think it moves the needle for me any any different than it did with the 49ers before, which I did consider a one of the better teams in the NFC. I still think they're pretty much the same. Um, if they were to face the Eagles with McCaffrey or with Mount McCaffrey, I don't know if they beat them. Um, but, hey, that's something that we're going to sort of have to see how the season goes on, see how they use him, uh, see how they complement him with Debo. I think seeing both of them in the backfield might be pretty cool. But um, it's all sort of speculation uh, right now. But I saw that you, um, I mean, I should hear, I heard that, um, that you mentioned that the front runners, or I should say first place in this division, the Seattle Seahawks. So that's going to sort of lead us into what we were talking about next. About the, who would have thought, right? The Seattle Seahawks would be leading this this. One of, one of the best divisions in football people uh, claimed it to be uh, with the Rams, with the San Francisco 49ers, with the Arizona Cardinals. The Seattle Seahawks with four, four and three seven, for, through seven weeks. I, I don't think people had Seattle winning four games all year. I, I didn't. I, I did not. I, I thought they were going to be a dumpster fire. Like, I'm completely done making preseason NFL predictions. Like, so, so beyond done. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Geno Smith? is all of a sudden, he's to me, been. he's top five. He's in my top five quarterback so far this year. He's playing like one. And it's it's so amazing, not just the, the glimmers, because we, we open up the season Monday Night Football, big revenge game against Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Yeah, we, we all sort of thought, you know, Seattle had their moment. It's going to be a long, tough season for them. Geno Smith had his, his classic quote, which, by the way, is, top five NFL court of all time. They wrote me off. I didn't write back. <laughs> Best we, we all sort of thought, okay, you know, that was fun. Nice, fun way to open up the season. That was the Super Bowl. They could go you one know, in 15. They'd exactly. Be happy. Exactly. You know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. come. No, like Seattle's got a decision on their mind. And it's not going to be their pick what they're going to be in, in contention for quarterback. I'll tell you that. It's going to be that Broncos pick where they're going to have a, a shot for a quarterback. Because right now, what are they picking in the top five with that yeah, Broncos pick? They are. Fourth, fourth, pick fourth, fifth, and sixth are, are traded. So, like, Seattle, you... I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what Pete Carroll's feeding these boys because that's another story where we were all sort of ready to push him out the door and say, Pete, like, you know, you had a good run. Maybe it's time to retire. But, man, I'm all over the Seahawks team right now. They're young. They're exciting. Their issues that they had years ago, like their offensive line, much improved. They finally have a star running back in Kenneth Walker. And, you know, the talent's still there in terms of Tyler Lockett. I know DK Metcalf went down with an injury. He doesn't look like it'll be that that serious yes, in terms of long term. Which, nice. which they kind of dodged the bullet there. Yeah. Like, this is a real team. This yeah. is a team that... They're going to make waves in the NFC, and I, I expect them. Like, there's other teams every year that they start off, wow, what a nice story. They fizzle out near the end. I've seen enough consistency at this point where every single week, Geno Smith is making plays that are making me say, that's a starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's a damn good one. And I think Seattle's going to continue to win games, and I think that 
come week 16, week 17, their nose is going to be in playoff contention. And I can't believe I'm saying this because, like I said, I'm so done making preseason predictions because we all predicted them to win, what, two, three, four games. Yeah, max, max. I love, I am, I, this might be the third time I changed my team from the Panthers to the Jags. Both of our <laughs> teams are the two worst teams in the NFL. <laughs> they're bad, the they're bad, they're bad, they're bad. We're going to pretend that that prediction never, was never said, but it's going to make a good reactionary video when we go back and, and listen to that podcast again with, along with our preseason predictions because just horrific. But the Seattle Seahawks are the people's team. They're quoted the people's team. I, I don't think there's a team, sure, Rams fans, 49ers fans, and Cardinals fans are discredited from the statement. The Seattle Seahawks are considered from this way, from this team forward, we're going to come on every single week and we're going to check about how the people's team have done. Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith, fantastic, fantastic season. He's got 1,700 yards and 12 touchdowns, only three picks through seven games. If I told you that, that'd be Geno's stat line through seven games. I would think that's like a Brady stat line. Right? You, you expand those over a 17-game season, that's 4,100 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven picks. That's that's Gino, man. Like, that's a good season, man. And, and, and hey, like you said, everyone written him, wrote him off. Every single person wrote Gino Smith off, and he didn't write back. And he's showing us. He he is showing us week in week out. Kenneth Walker. I don't know if this is an overreaction, but he might be the best running back in the league. We have to see if he continues this. But I don't think there's a more electric young running back. Brees Hall, I will say, was fantastic. It sucks to see him go down like that, but. Like, this Kenneth Walker guy is fantastic. He is fantastic. And Tariq Woolen is, looks like he's been in the, in the league for, for forever. He looks like a future top five corner if he's not already a top five corner. That's, it just stresses out why you gamble on size and athleticism at quarterback, at cornerback. Um, he ran like a 4-2 and he's a tall, lanky corner. Like, he's a perfect, mold to that Seattle prototype quarterback, uh, pro- prototype cornerback. I keep uh, keep saying quarterback today, but... Yeah, uh, you just keep... You can't stop thinking about Geno. I'm fun. thinking about the Seahawks. I'm getting hyped up. The people's team. How, ca- team. how could you not how, be excited yeah, about Seahawks? How can Seahawks? you hate this team? Like, yeah. Every week, the, the, I the lines come Gino. out. Yeah, every week the lines come out, I'm like, okay, you know, they're, I think they were six-point underdogs. I'm like, okay, maybe this is the week that, you know... I was all over the, the wheels fall off the wagon. Yeah, I, I, th- I kind of thought that was a trap. I'm like, I don't know, but the Chargers look bad on Monday Night Football. There's too many points so. for Gino. He's not, he's not writing back, and until he shows that he's going to write back, I'm going to continue to tell the people's team, Geno Smith, the people's champ, the people's champ. I should have took the Seahawks as my team before the season. I took the Panthers. If you took the Seahawks, I would have like I would have laughed so hard at you. I would have <sighs> been like, what are you doing? You're lost. This team's terrible. I take it's going to be a disaster. P.J. Walker. Hey, good for PJ Walker, yeah. by the way. I just want to say that, yeah. you know, I know we're talking about Gina right now, but man, like, I think you, you nailed it. Like, they're, they're, it's so, so hard not to root for these guys right now. It's and impossible. I, I'm, I'm going to sit here. I think we got to order some. I, I want Gino. I, I love the lime green Seahawks jersey. Oh, those, I think are, the worst, those are the worst those are jerseys in the NFL. Worst oh, jerseys. come on. They're so nice. <laughs> no, those are the worst jerseys in the NFL. Hey, I just, I just hyped up the Seahawks. You're. No, you, lime, you actually don't like the your lime green, green jerseys. So nice. Suck! No, they're terrible. Oh they're terrible. Go back to Gino because I don't want to. I don't want to bash the Seahawks. I'm gonna be wearing lime green Gino jersey, and I'm gonna get you a Seahawks jersey, not the lime green, obviously, because you don't think it's good. And because of that, I'm gonna get you the fan jersey, number twelve. Number twelve, the twelfth man. Yeah. I'm gonna turn around. That's the worst jersey the in football. Yeah, that is the worst jersey. In football. I want to know from Seahawks fans: like, do you actually buy the twelfth man jersey, or do you get a, a real guy on your actual team? Because I, I'd be all over Gino if I were a Seahawks fan. But it's exciting. We just talked about the 49ers. Of course, they're three and four. The Seahawks are four and three. Rams, Cardinals, both both behind. The Rams just coming off by this week. Like, we all know how the 49ers do against the Rams in the regular season. Shanahan kind of owns McVay in that space. So the Rams could easily fall to three and four this week. That would bring the 49ers to four and four. The Seahawks win. They're favored against the Giants right now at home. So... I don't five like, and three Seahawks. Five and three Seahawks. If the if the Seahawks are five and three by next week, oh, I might order. I might order. The, I might order a jersey live on the show next week. If the Seahawks, if the Seahawks are sitting here five and three, um, come this time next week, I'll do it. Hey, I'll do it. The Seahawks, the people's team, the greatest, the greatest underdog story in the NFL right now. 
It is. And, like, there's there's other teams. I, I started off the show with all the surprises. Like, you know, we saw P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke pick up wins. I know the Falcons sort of got their, uh, their bells rung on Sunday, but they've been a really, really nice story, too. It's sort of been the year of the underdog. Yep. How could we forget that the New York Giants are 6-1? and one? That's been an also a great story. But it's just like it's something about the way that the Seahawks are doing because you trade a franchise cornerstone, future Hall of Famer and Russell Wilson. He goes to the Broncos, looks like maybe the worst quarterback in the <laughs> NFL, and the backup who you've had all along comes in and elevates the team to a point where we haven't seen them play this well. We haven't seen this much energy and excitement in this city since those early, early days when you know Russ was a rookie and the defense was young and upcoming and Pete Carroll brought his USC offense to, to the team. Um, it's definitely unexpected and I don't know. I'm I'm all in. I'm I love head, it. I'm head over heels in I love, love with the Seahawks. Seahawks right I now. love it. Like I said, I just called them the people's team. They are. They they are the people's team. Gino Smith, that quote, he said it the very first week it might be the best quote to be ever said. And a hundred percent will be the best quote to be to be said in a post game um, interview this year, and it came week one. Um, but the Seahawks are riding the wings of Geno Smith. Who would have thought Geno Smith just gliding through like a like a Seahawk? I don't think I've ever seen a Seahawk, but I don't even know if a Seahawk. What do you is a Seahawk just a, like an eagle or what? But it, hey, whatever it is, Geno Smith's riding it, and he is on, and he is. He is not stopping. Five and three Seahawks. Put it on right now. I will. I'm switching my hammer pick. We'll get into it later. But the Seahawks are going to be one of my hammer picks. Five and three Seattle Seahawks. So uh, I'm ordering the jersey on the show next week. Last week we did how many games will they end up winning? I, I honestly I can't recall what we both said for the Seahawks, but I'll whatever give, I said, I'm higher. Yeah, I'll give us both <laughs> a chance now. How many games will the, the Seahawks? Eleven games. With? Think they're going to win eleven yeah, games? Ten or eleven games. They've won four now. Again, this is just, you know, not looking at their schedule. I, I'm going to say 10. Yeah, 10. 10, I think, 11, probably the ceiling. 10 or 11 games. This which could is, end up being, like, the craziest overreaction ever. But I also, like, think there's some, there's some reality no, in what they're, they're doing. Like ball, they're, man. They are playing, playing very good very good football. So we'll, we'll continue to watch um, them thrive here throughout the season. And, you know, the NFC West is, is a division where we thought was – if there were three teams to win it, you wouldn't think it would be the Seahawks, yes. and now they very well be, they very well could be in it to the end. So very exciting time right now. All right, we talked about some of the best, some of the best stories in the NFL. Let's get into some of the worst. We talked about it last week, and it was honestly a great foreshadow because it was honestly one of our best aging segments all season. We talked about how worried we are about both the Bucks and the Packers. Both of them go out big favorites and. It was just an absolute dud out there. Rodgers goes down to the Commanders. The Packers have now lost three in a row. And Brady in the Bucks. oh man, can't even put up a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers, who just fired their coach. Yeah. Lose 21-3. to Just fired their coach, just traded their best player. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you go out and you lose. So... I don't know. It's it's If you want to debate which team's worse, whatever. I don't we even sort, think it matters. We sort point. of did that last week. Yeah. It's just like what? Where do you go from here? Are these are these perennial talents? You could argue these are the two best quarterbacks of all time. Certainly, both of them are in their top five. Is 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 this? Are we finally starting to see the end, or is it going to be similar to years past, where you know that one year Rodgers had is we're going to run the table? Quote. Of course, the the first year Brady was on the Bucks, they started off not so great. They went on to win nine or something games in a row and win the Super Bowl. So is this just a little midseason blip that we shouldn't be worried about? Because to me, it feels much more real than that. I think if we're if we're out if we're gonna sort of project what team has the better chance of turning it around, I'm still gonna stick with the Bucks, just because I think the Bucks have a better roster and and. Uh, better weapons than 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 Green Bay. But I'm not necessarily saying that with a lot of confidence. I don't want to go on and, and say, oh, Brady and Rodgers are, are, are done. Um, this is the end of, of the era of, of Brady and Rodgers and, and some of the best quarterbacks that we'll ever see. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say that, 
but it feels pretty much like these seasons be- for both these teams are over and and that could age horribly right both these these sort of players and, and these teams are are capable of turning seasons around like you mentioned Aaron Rodgers had that infamous we're running the table quote and and he did it and and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just a few years ago lost to the New England uh, New York Giants on on Monday Night Football and they were like seven and five or, or, or six and five, something like that. And they ended up running the table and, and going and winning the Super Bowl. Now, I will say the NFC is definitely open for the sense that if they were to turn it around, people would jump right back on those teams and be like, oh, they're they're the favorites in the NFC. So it's it's something that we have to keep watching, just given like it's so hard. We've been, we're so used to watching Brady and Rodgers be so dominant over the years. It's just feels so weird that both these guys are are below 500. I think what is it? Like the first time they're below 500 in in years. It has to be. It's the first time Brady's been below 500 this late since 2002, Two, right? And it's the it's the lowest combined record from the two quarterbacks, Rodgers and and Brady, um since I believe 2008. Don't wow. quote me on that, but I think that was Rodgers. Wow. Or no. Maybe 2014. I can't remember, but... No, 2014, but, uh, the Packers are pretty good. Because they beat us in the... in the They beat the Cowboys, and that was a Des Bryant year. Regardless, it's, it's, been, it, a it's been a while, yeah. right? And, and um, that just shows you how weird this, this, this season's been. And, and I remember... I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. Just a few weeks ago, we... Well, it was the first episode of the season. You said right here, you, you sort of caught me off guard about who is going to be that who's going to be your Super Bowl matchup. And I think we were so easy to say, okay, either the Chiefs, the Bills, whatever. But when it came to the NFC, I genuinely was a little bit puzzled. I didn't know who I'd put as my NFC team. So I literally said, just give me Brady and the Bucks. It seems like the most um, logical prediction at the time. And man, it... Like the Panthers are the Panthers who just fired their coach, just traded their best player, are now one game back of first place in that division. Yeah, it's it's another gong show of of a mess. And I was low on the NFC South coming into the season, but I was never never this low in the sense that I always thought the Bucks would just easily coast through and be the top yeah. team. And I'm saying like maybe they don't even lose a, a divisional game all year long. It's definitely not the case now. Um in terms of the two teams, like you said, the Bucks definitely have the stronger roster. The Bucks are definitely in the point right now where it's like, why isn't it working? Whereas when you look at Green Bay, you sort of know why it's working. If you watch Aaron Rodgers, his body language is horrible. Yeah. He seems to be pissed off after every single throw. It just doesn't, it doesn't look like he's enjoying football right now. And yeah, you can say that about Brady as well. But overall, the two teams... I think we're so used to both these quarterbacks playing at such a high level that we just assumed as long as they're there, it's going to happen. Exactly. And it is kind of sad to see because you never really thought they'd go out on on a low note just because of the types of players they are. The last two years, Rodgers, yeah, he's getting older. Guess what he does? Back-to-back MVPs. Tom Brady is, is a play away from... You know, in the NFC Championship game last year, the year before that, he was won the Super Bowl. You kind of felt like no matter what, they're always, always, always going to be there. Especially, like you said, it's a weak NFC. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe this can just be a week seven overreaction that we look back on three months from now and say, okay, we should have really pumped the brakes there. But can you blame us? Like, there's nothing going on right no. now that could really, really say I'm confident. In no, team. and whoever... If there's people out there that say that this is an overreaction, you're either a Packers fan, you're either a Bucks fan. I don't know. You can't possibly watch these teams, both of them play, and, and be like, oh, I'm confident in these teams turning around. Sure, they could. There's potential just because they're led by some of the best quarterbacks that we'll ever see. One of the best athletes, the most dominant athletes that we'll ever see. But like, just going back to what we said last week, especially in Green Bay sense, like, what do you want Aaron Rodgers to do, right? And it, it, it led me to think when I was watching the game on Sunday, the Raiders ended up just coming back and destroying the, the, the Texans. So, so maybe it doesn't, it's not necessarily as true as it was sort of after first quarter when the Raiders and the Texans game looked like a close one. But is there a more like that mm-hmm. trade was like a lose-lose, <laughs> right? It, it yeah. was. Because yeah. like 
okay, yeah, sure, the Raiders brought this guy in, but like they didn't necessarily need like Hunter Renfro was great, Waller was great. Sure, it would have been nice to have that outside receiver. And well, they well, definitely they, are they a better need, team. They they're definitely, them, but it's yeah. not like now they're Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, exactly. They're not. They're, they're they're on paper worse than they were last year. But the Packers, like, I just don't get that at all. And and um, sure, draft Christian Watson. He's and he hasn't been healthy. And Romeo Dubs. He, these guys could emerge down the line as as fantastic starting caliber receivers. That could that are capable of, of of helping quarterbacks win games, but right now it's just so so much to ask for a young quarterback, as a young receiver, to make plays as consistently as Aaron Rodgers is asking them to, and and you you're seeing it with with, with his body language, like he threw a pass on 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 Sunday and should have been caught, and Rodgers was just like over it, like he looked like a like a little baby that was about to be put in timeout. Like when you're like four years old and your mom puts you in timeout, like that's what Aaron Rodgers was like. He was just like livid. And you can't blame him. Like he's doing everything he needs to do. He's just not getting the same consistency that he had. Obviously he had Devontae Adams, who was one of the best receivers in the league, still is. But it's just, it looks like this, especially for for Green Bay, is not going to get any better. To be fair though, and I didn't think this was going to turn into a let's rip Aaron Rodgers thing, but just in terms of the body language, like... You're a veteran guy. Yes. You're, more, you're more than Absolutely. a veteran guy. You're Absolutely. the leader of this team. Absolutely. Grow up a little bit. Yeah. Like, be a leader. Yeah. yeah, it's not going your way. Yeah, you're frustrated playing with below average talent at the receiver position. But sort of, you know, I don't know. Suck it, it up. It, it, it's hard to say. Suck it up. It's hard to say lead by example when you're doing all the right things and your guys just aren't making plays. But I just think he needs to, to be a little bit you know, I actually liked his his post game press conference because he he seemed to be all that confident that they can turn it around. By the way, if you look at their schedule, it is very very tough coming up, and they just finished playing the Jets, the Giants, and the Commanders, yeah, which is stretch. All and teams they lost who all thought you know these teams aren't going to win four games this year, they just lost all three games. So, not not looking good for them right now at all, and they got a lot of tough games coming up. But I just need to see a little bit more leadership from Aaron Rodgers on on the field. Because he's, he seems to be saying all the right things after the game exactly. when he has time to settle exactly. down. But I don't want to see this you know, head going back or, or, or this sulking on the sideline yeah, when, when right. you miss throws because that's not how you win football games. And it's not how you win football games too. I don't mean to cut you off. But it's if you're a young receiver, knowing who Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, like what does that do for your confidence? It, it, it's hard to make a play when the ball's in the air, you're looking at it, and all that's going through your head is, if I don't catch this, Aaron's going to rip me on the sideline. Yeah. Like right? That's that's not how lot. you that's not how you play football. So. Yeah. So you're 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 a veteran in this league, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play our game. You have to be a better leader if you want these guys to improve throughout the season. And I think we're sort of seeing the results right now of Aaron Rodgers. Sure, yeah, he's coming and saying the right things in the press conference, but we're obviously speculating here, just looking what it looks like on TV. But it doesn't look like that's what it truly is. Um, inside the mind of Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's just sort of saying that because he has to, right? All right, we're seven weeks through the NFL season. We're you know getting close to that quote-unquote halfway point. So why not Very let's close. do a little bit. You know, Last week, our, our little game was predicting how many wins each team's going to finish with. Again, that, that'll be something we'll probably look back and uh, have a chuckle to at some point, or who knows? Maybe it'll, it'll age nicely for us. But today we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. What do we have? Four or five questions? I think five. We have yeah, five, five little, little prompts, questions. We're going to go through them pretty quickly. Um, so let's begin. First up, we've seen one head coach fired so far in Matt Rule. Next head coach to be fired will be... First, before I answer this, I when we did this before the show, I wrote... The first head coach will be fired because I completely forgot about Matt Rule. That's how big of a disaster that tenure was in Carolina. But the next head coach fired, in my opinion, will be Ron Rivera. Okay, right. I, I was. Gonna, yeah. I, I think it just if if Wentz didn't get if Wentz didn't get injured, I feel like Ron Rivera firing would come a little bit sooner than it than it uh, would have. Just because that situation just felt really weird. Just because they're was, good with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they are six and two in his last eight games. But hey, Ron Rivera, um, he's. Sort of, I mean, he came here to change the culture. I don't know necessarily he did that. Um, he's one of the more overrated coaches um, in the league, and his best years of coaching were well behind him. So I think he's the next sort of domino to fall. 
I think the writing's on the wall for Rivera as well, just because I don't think he gets another quarterback. Yeah. Um, and it's clear that the Wentz project, we've already seen, it's he's not going to bring a Super Bowl to Washington, so it's time to sort of, okay, let's go. Let's completely rebuild. I actually think Stroud or Bryce Young will be a commander. One of them will be. Commander um, Bryce. Yeah, that's kind of a nice, that's a, nice not bad. little Commander CJ. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Commander, Bri- Commander Bryce. <laughs> or Commander Stroud. Maybe that's a little better. I went a little bit with a, a hotter take here. And this is like, this is borderline to the point where like I'm praying on this team's downfall. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett will be the next head coach fired. I knew it. I knew When's it. the last time we saw a first year head coach not even last the season? Or, Meyer, or last year. Okay, last never mind. year. Never mind. That's so much of a disaster. You said you forgot about the Matt Rule thing because that's so much disaster. I, I forgot about the Meyer thing because that's so much a disaster it was. It, it hasn't been a long time. We're going to see it again. Um, Nathaniel Hackett will not last the season for the Denver Broncos. Um, the team that has surprised you the most so far this season is we we said it on the on the show earlier the the Seahawks the people's Seahawks Geno Smith the MVP of the league <laughs> okay maybe it's not the MVP but you get the point Seattle I I could have said the Giants here I just I mean I think everyone sort of expected Brian Dable to be that fantastic head coach that he was but that he is. Um, But nobody, like we mentioned multiple times on the show, nobody, nobody, nobody saw the Seahawks um, winning more than four games this year and the fact that they're four and three through seven games. So So I actually have the Seahawks written down too, but I more so did that because I thought the Giants were the easy pick. And now that you said the Seahawks, I think I got to give some flowers to the Giants. Yeah, yeah, give it to the Giants. Or else we're going to be called uh, some rude names. I'm not going to act like I I expected the Giants to be. I mean, I believed in Brian Dable, but I also thought like, okay, maybe he'll win win five. I thought it would be almost like a Brian Flores year one where... You know, the team looks like they're playing hard for him, but they just don't have the talent. Yes. He's, he's working wonders. He's moving mountains in New York. All right, next up, the player due for a big second half of the season is... C.D. Lamb. I, I, I'm, people are going to call me a homer, but I'm going to tell you a quick yeah, stat. I was going to say, I thought you were going to be able to go a full There's episode. only two wide receivers that have had a 20% or more target share through seven weeks in the NFL season. And one of those is C.D. Lamb. And he just got his quarterback back. And the talent, it's one of these situations where the talent is too, too good. The volume is, 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 is tremendous. He's going to get all the targets. He's going to have a massive, massive, massive second year to the season. So if you're out there, fantasy people, if C.D. Lamb is on the trade block, go out and trade for him. I know this is not a fantasy show, but I'm telling you, he's due for a massive, massive second, year, second half of the season. I mean, I you know, I can make fun of your Cowboys bias, but I, I actually do like the pick, especially now that Dak's back. We saw the opportunity with Cooper Rush. Was just He was sort of being held back by the quarterback play. Um, Dak looked all right in, in, in his return. And yeah, I think not he's, bad. He's only going to get better. It was yeah. his first week back after a while out. That always takes some time. So I, I like the pick. I've got DeAndre Swift for mine. Yeah, that's um, a, We saw his, his first couple weeks behind that offensive line just looked so, so dangerous, and then he went down with an injury. So if he can stay healthy, yep. I think he'll have a monster second half. You talked about fantasy. His price is probably at an all-time low right now. I bought him though, in every single league. Yeah. I, I was going to say, it's probably hard to get him. But. I only I only don't... I, I don't own Swift. I'm in six fantasy leagues. I don't own Swift in one of them, and that's the one league that we don't allow trades in. But I bought Swift. I've been buying Swift. Buying, 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 buying. People... People see that he hasn't been... You can get him for a little bit cheaper. I don't know. People are desperate for wins. You, you you throw in some some guys that are peaking right now, but I love that pick. I love it. I think Swift's fantastic. I think he's one of the best, if not top two uh, running backs in the league when he's on the field. Uh, I love that pick, Pac. Good pick. Thank you. All right. You are most disappointed in... I think, you know, this could be a player or a team so far. This is a direct sort of... Shot. I I, I want to say I want to say it's I want to say I was gonna put the Panthers in here, but I decided to put the Lions in yeah, here. Fair, fair enough. Right? It's not that I just thought the Lions were better than one in five. Right? Like they're and they're playing like they're better than one in five. But the fact is they're not winning. Right? And and that's what I'm most disappointed in. I would would have liked to see more production um, from from in terms of specifically the win column from from the Lions so far. Uh, this is just a team that. I I don't know. I, I think disappointed is the perfect way to describe the Lions. Like at some point, yeah, you know, Dan Campbell's fun. He has great speeches. Of course, he's a great motivator. At some point, they're going to have to win games. Yes. And it's like 
they've had a weird season in the sense that when their offense is scoring 30 points, yeah, their, defense their defense is allowing 31. 45. When their offense is scoring six points, their defense is allowing more than six, but not 30. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it is. it is. They yeah. have been disappointing, yeah. especially because I did think that they were going to be much better than they were. Um, who knows? There's still time to turn yeah, it around. I actually did say last week that I think they will turn it around. I don't know. Jared Goff had a shocking game on Sunday, be it against a good defense. But uh, we'll see. I'm most disappointed so far. I went completely on the other end of the spectrum in the NFL. I picked this team to win the Super Bowl before the season starts. That's the Los Angeles Chargers. Say what you want. They always seem to be hurt by the injury bug, which sucks. It's unfortunate. But they just don't look like... They barely look like a playoff team right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. So even with the injuries, I still think that they should be playing better than they are. Justin Herbert is supposed to be lauded to have this huge year three Finally has a team that can win, and he still has never, ever had an above 500 record as a starter in the NFL, which is concerning to me. It's not all on him, but uh, I'm very disappointed in the Chargers so far. Yeah, as a wise man, Tom Brady once said, there's a lot of poor uh, football being played right now. And he's talking about himself. He he was, but we could probably make an hour-long podcast about the disappointments in the NFL so far this season. So it's just a little bit difficult to sum it up under one rapid fire question, but um, you want me to, you want me to do the last one, Pac? You want me yeah, to go? You and go, I'll ask you, you and then I'll do the second one. Okay. Through seven weeks, your Super Bowl matchup is. I had some fun with this one, um, especially in one conference, but I'll start off. I have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl now. The Bills got the best of them in the regular season, as they did last year. I think it'll be them two battling out. Very, very easily could be the Buffalo Bills, but I'm going to take my guy Patrick Mahomes to get it done um, in the biggest game of them all. Um, And I honestly do believe the true Super Bowl will be that Chiefs versus Bills game. But uh, I have a Super Bowl rematch coming as well. I really thought hard about who could be in in the NFC. Man, this is turning into not rapid fire, but whatever. (laughs) The Chiefs versus the 49ers is my Super Bowl right now. I'm intrigued with how they use CMC. I think they present a high ceiling in the NFC, and they're playing above what they could potentially become as a team. So I have the Chiefs versus the 49ers. So I have the Chiefs as well. Um, I have the Chiefs. I wrote down Chiefs versus I don't know. So the reason why the reason why I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm not obviously going to keep I don't know. I'm going to tell you who I'm going to pick right now because the NFC conference is just a complete crapshoot. Uh, there's only five teams that are above 500 right now as we sit on this Tuesday, uh, October 25th morning. Um, so my pick is going to be purely because I know I'm not going to get the pick right. So I'm going to take the Eagles because I don't want the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. I know they won't go to the Super Bowl if I... I don't know whatever team I say is going to go to Super Bowl, it won't go to Super Bowl. So I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm going to go Chiefs versus Eagles. And I'm expecting to go 0 for 2 on both those teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm really surprised neither. To me, when I watch the Bills this year, I'm like, how are these guys not going to play in the Super Bowl? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hoping for the Bills, to be honest. I'm not at all. Because I want, I want the Bills to go to the Super Bowl and lose because all my Bills buddies, I'll get to chirp them a little more just because I always I always you know punch a little fun when, when they went uh, back in the 90s. They lost... Four in a row, so hey, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, that uh, turned into not rapid fire. Yeah. That was like, that was a, like full, a full. <laughs> that was a full. That was a full segment. But hey, rapid fire questions through seven weeks. Maybe next week, since it's going to be well, it, it now that we have seventeen weeks, it's not necessarily the halfway yeah, exactly. point. So we're going to have some sort of halfway segment where we do our predictions and all sorts of uh, all sorts of fun stuff. And um, and yeah, my favorite segment of the day is coming up right now. This is a tough week for me for the hammer. Um, I've lost all confidence. I'm 0-2 last week. My last couple weeks have been not so great after I was undefeated for a very long time. Actually, I, I believe I was 5-1 and one on the season. Now I'm 6-4. and four. You've now passed me 7-3. and three. Whatever. We're both still above 500. That's something to be proud of, especially when you're going against the spread. Um, but, man, whatever. I'm, I'm just emotions are, are running low right now. For me, feelings, you know, I'm, I'm feeling down. Hopefully I can I can get back in the wind column this week. You have the first pick. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I'm my first pick here. I'm taking the Steelers plus 10 and a half, right? And look, Eagles are flying. They're at home coming off a bye. I just think 10 and a half points is a lot of points, right? And you can get this at points bet for plus 105, plus 105. So you're, you're getting a plus bet. So if you're putting money in, you're getting more money back if they win, right? Mm-hmm. And look, the, the Steelers, 
not a great football team. I expect them to keep it somewhat close. It could be sort of a backdoor cover type situation. I still expect them to lose by around seven points. I just think 10 and a half. I don't know when, I don't know if they're that bad. And, and, and we're talking about a T Eagles team that sort of takes their foot off the but gas a little bit in the second half here. So I'm expecting this to be closer than a lot of people do. It's more about a value play, a lot of points. Um, points bet, plus 105, Steelers, plus 10.5, guaranteed lock. I mean, hey, if how the season is going is any indication of how that bet will go, you know, the big underdogs, not only are they covering, they seem to be winning yeah. every week. You know, the Carolina Panthers, I believe, were maybe 11.5 last week, and they 13, 13 and a half. So I like it. Um, like I said, I'm struggling right now, trying to get back in the win column. What do you do when you know you, you need to bounce back? You go with a team that you can rely on. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungvaluwa has a phenomenal record against the spread. They're going into Detroit, a team that we both talked about how disappointed we are in. They're only three-point favorites. You can get that at points bet at just minus 107. So pretty good value as well. Um, Dolphins... The first drive of the game last week on Sunday Night Football, I thought they were going to win 50 to nothing. Their offense really, really took a step back and didn't look so great throughout the rest of the game. I think this is the week. You know, now Tua's had two full weeks to practice. I think they're going to put up some serious points against a weak Lions team. So I think they'll cover that minus three. That's my first pick. I love it. I love it. My second pick, I, I, I said it on the show that I was changing my pick to them, the Seattle Seahawks, the people's team that minus two and a half against the six and one Giants. Again, I think this is what, like the fourth or fifth game in a row that the Giants are, are underdogs in. But Seattle, the 12th man jersey. There's going to be a lot of people. At the top. I know, we, hey, I know Pac had a shot about the 12th man I jersey. I hate the 12th man the 12th, jersey. Jer- the, the worst jersey in football might be the 12th man Why jersey in the fan? lime green Seah- Why does Seahawks? it say fan on the back and not man? <laughs> yeah, Why? Yeah. Someone someone tell me. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. That's, that's it. Like I said, worst com- we're gonna if we were to com- combine uh, the worst possible jersey in the NFL, I would pick lime green action, the action green Seahawks jersey so with, 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 with the 12th man on the back. But Seattle Seahawks minus two and a half at points bet minus... Uh, sorry, cool bet. Uh, minus 120. Lock it in. 12th man. Those action dream, green jerseys bringing the heat. Geno Smith, the people's team. He ain't writing back this week. Seattle Seahawks minus two and a half. So I was actually going to fade you completely because one of the picks I was looking at is the Giants. And I love fade the Seahawks, me. but strictly because, and I don't know if you know this, the Giants have been underdogs five times this yeah. season. Not only are they 5-0 and against the spread, they're 5-0 and straight up. Yeah. So they haven't lost as an underdog, which is just an incredible stat. I'm not going to go with them, though. I'm going to go with a team that is playing a quote-unquote home game. And you might be thinking, what do you mean quote-unquote home game? London's team returns this week. <laughs> the Jaguars the are, are in London. The, the Jags, Jags are in London, <laughs> and they play the Broncos. Keeping the trend... I believe this trend stands. I, I could be wrong about the because the Packers and the Giants played, but I believe we've never had two teams with an above 500 record. The Packers and the Giants may have broken the streak this year. Yeah, they did because the Packers okay. were above. So the Packers were above 500 then. Regardless, it's another, I mean, garbage game in London. But hey, the Jags have a good record there. Um, I mean, good record by Jacksonville standards. They've played there eight times. They've won four games. So. London. If you look at the last eight years of the Jaguars, they are not 500. So they've been better in London than they have been elsewhere. They had a real, real close one against the, the Giants last week. You could have said that they deserved better. I expect this one to be close as well against the Broncos, but who knows? Russell Wilson, is he going to play? Even if he does, I think they might be better off with, with Brett Ripon. Travis Etienne season. Yeah. 500-yard rushing gonna, game. going to have a big one. So I'm going to take the Jaguars. They're minus two and a half. Yeah. So you can get the, the field goal, which is nice. And that's at Betway at minus 125. Yeah. So basically, we're a lock. I'm going to go, I'm going to be nine and three after next season and next, next week. You know, you know what, Pac? I'll, I'll give Pac, I'll give Pac a 2 and 0. 2 0. That would, yeah, that so, would be huge for me. Yeah. So he'll be, he'll I need be in right four. Now. I'll be nine and three. I'll be in four. You know, look, I'm still going to be in first. The locks are hot. The hammer's hot. And. Maybe this maybe this table one day is just gonna get broken into. I'm gonna smash down on it after with a hammer. You think once you're I, a Bills Mafia fan? Once I no, 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 no. Tables. I do not. But I am hey. going to Buffalo soon. 
on November 13th to watch uh, the beautiful Buffalo Bills. Who did they play that week? I have no idea. I was going to go this Sunday, actually, against the Packers. Um, I think it's football. the Vikings. They might Vikings. be the Vikings. We'll check. We'll check live. I, on, I do we'll believe check. the Vikings play in Buffalo. So, hey, we'll that would actually live, be a pretty good game. We'll check live on the show. It is November the 13th. They play the Vikings. Yeah, I was Oh, right. it's a 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock game. Okay. Yeah, bad. it's a 1 o'clock game. And then my Cowboys. I was supposed to go to Green Bay that week. Um, but if there's anyone that's in charge of the ticket prices at Lambeau Field watching the show, get her call me because it's ridiculous. Oh, it's I'm, expensive. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, I, are you sure? Yeah, it's the Cowboys. But come on. If I'm going to sit in the freezing cold weather and watch the game, I at least, you know, give me, give me a deal. What else? What else is there to do in Green Bay? I've been there before. There's nothing yeah, else. And to it do. costs you two thousand bucks to fly right into Green Bay, there right? You go. It's, it's ridiculous. But um, hey, it is what it is. That wraps up the show. Again, a fantastic, fantastic episode. The people's team, the Seattle Seahawks, dominated this show. Geno Smith is going to be five and three when we get here next Tuesday morning, and I might buy an action green twelfth man jersey maybe that day. I or Geno Smith. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. Come next Tuesday. Um, if you made it this far, if you're listening on audio, um, subscribe, rate, uh, download, do all that stuff. Um, if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, do all that sort of stuff. And um, and yeah, we appreciate you guys showing the consistent support. And um, we're looking forward to doing this again next week. Yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for everything, and then uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys.